It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hansen and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to another edition of Southampton's podcast. It's the So So Show. It's all about Southampton. A weekly look at life in the city hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. Now this week is well-being week and yes we need it don't we um, and we are talking about the one and some people might need to see that that person every day for an hour a day some people might only need to see that person once a month for 20 minutes whatever mm. connection means to you but we all absolutely need at least that one person We certainly do need well-being. Anyone who works in hospitality, anyone who's planning a wedding, right. anyone who had a party planned or a graduation, their well-being will have been tested on Monday. Oh, yes, because Boris said, "Okay, we're putting back the restrictions lift by four weeks. Ouch! Can I tell our listener a secret? Go on. That we were supposed to record this yesterday, but I was too angry still (laughs) and said, no, let's put it off for 24 hours because otherwise... You weren't in the right headspace, were you, mate? I'll sound so angry that I'll probably end up being immortalised forever as an angry meme. Bless you. I was really concerned about you. I was like, (laughs) oh no, poor guy. He just wants to go out and DJ a party. Somebody let him. I had a friend who works for the BBC News Channel who asked if I would appear and give comments. Someone from ITV Meridian contacted me and I said no to both of them because I knew I would just be like that baby with the fist only really <laughs> angry I'd be in everything right can I can we cover this off then yes. can we can you just do a party for like me and my daughter in the garden that's allowed right there's supposed to be some clarification before the weekend on DJs and entertainment but as yeah. it stands at the moment if you have a private party at your house and you break the restrictions you are liable to a 10 grand fine So if I put my Amazon Echo outside and we dance to it, could we get a 10 grand fine? If there's only two of you because you're in the same bubble, no. However, I've got a mate who does pub renovations and carpentry. They were working in a pub a couple of weeks ago, had the radio on, and someone tried to find them. (gasps) No way. Yes way. Oh my god! Because they well, said it was crazy. A, they said it was amplified music indoors. Oh no! <laughs> there are building sites going. What? I know, right? Um. So, so the rule, sort of the simple rule, like I think in my head is there's no dancing at weddings. All right, there's no dancing anywhere. You are not allowed to have fun, right? Um. So I want to know who's going to be the first to be arrested for doing the YMCA. <laughs> I think everybody should be arrested for doing the YMCA. And as the police come in, they start joining in. <laughs> but the bride and groom can dance, The can't bride they? and groom can have their first dance. Okay, That's so it's only allowed. the one. If their first dance was something that went on forever, like, I don't know, Bohemian Rhapsody on loop, and they were really good dancers, that would make great entertainment, right? So you're saying the entire reception would be them (laughs) dancing to one song on a loop for four hours. Look, we're all just trying to find these loopholes, right? (laughs) I've seen people at receptions sat around their tables doing the Macarena and the YMCA. (laughs) I love that. Which is the only time it's acceptable. (laughs) During lockdown, when the DJ's hands are relatively limited in terms of what they can do they can make you do all of those naff songs with dance routines sat at your table so there's another rule that's come out this week and all right this might 
not have come from Boris. This came from my eight-year-old daughter, Lois, who, strangely enough, when I was pregnant, my bump was called Boris. (laughs) I said, it's going to be a Boris or a Doris. (laughs) And now I've got a Lois. But she came up with a rule this week. So Boris has said no dancing. Now my daughter has said no singing. And I'm like... What? But I like singing. It makes me happy. And she's like, zip it, mummy. So Lois has clearly been on the Gov website <laughs> because singing isn't allowed. <laughs> okay, don't tell her. Don't, just don't tell her any of this stuff, right? So my advice to anyone who's playing a party is don't listen to us, but go back to the Gov website <laughs> before you think about doing anything. Yeah. You'll need to do a risk assessment. The legislation on what you can and can't do would probably have changed between now and then anyway, because it seems to be changing on a daily basis right but one suggestion you might try Mm. is organizing a barbecue outside and as long as you've got someone from france someone from germany someone from italy a canadian someone from china in the u.s and you hold it on a Cornish beach, <laughs> you'll probably be okay. Alternatively, 12,000 people in a Scottish football stadium singing, yes, sir, I can boogie. That's okay as well. Right, let's talk about the football. So England played Croatia. It's still called Euro 2020, and I can't get my head around how they haven't realised that it's been put back a year and they're just going to call it 2021. They're just I, in denial. I, I just, they are, aren't they? Like, <laughs> we are still doing this. We're going with the same plan that we had last year but did you watch the england croatia game yes we looked good in that first half right we did we looked very good so i got my shirt out i've got my flags that i got from wembley and i saw just after the game there was a massive great st george flag and it had southampton across it Excellent. and i was like boom that's actually one of my favorite games to play at international sporting tournaments to look at the flags and yes, to see where they're from. Yes, there's normally a Bristol Rovers one <laughs> and uh, and a Southampton one. Well, I was watching on Sunday afternoon the game and my daughter just decided she wasn't going to watch with me. I was like, well, just stay for the national anthem. And she sat there and she just looked at the football. She's like, this is boring. This is so boring. <laughs> And then, you know, the placards that are around the pitch, it came up with TikTok. She was so excited then. She's like, there's TikTok. Yeah, but this is football. This is a game going on right now for Euro 2020. Do not be looking at that and getting excited. She needs incentive to watch. So you need to tie her pocket money into the games. A pound for every goal we score. And then you'll have her attention. Surely that's the way to go. She won't. She'll sit there watching TikTok on my phone rather than watching the football. (laughs) One thing that Euro 2020 has taught me is how to topple a country or an administration really easily. Do you know how to do it? No. What you do is you get the flag of the country that you want to topple. Yeah. Stick it in front of Cristiano Ronaldo. He moves it two foot to the left (laughs) and instantly four billion is wiped off their value. Do you see what happened with Coke? I did, I did, but I I don't necessarily believe that that all came from Ronaldo. I just don't. What, just because he's in a bad mood? He wasn't in a bad mood. They're trying really hard to encourage healthy eating in children and and stuff like that. And he looked at the two bottles of carbonated sugary drink in front of him and obviously thought that's not right for his image yeah but he's done some sort of endorsement for them in the past so he should shush 
Well, if that's the case, then maybe he should be handing the millions back that they paid him. Exactly right. Okay, so that enough. $4 billion, he can cover it off. <laughs> they probably did pay him that for Right. Him. So anyway, let's uh, focus on some well-being after all of that negativity in terms of restrictions, <laughs> or maybe that's just my perception. <laughs> it's well-being week this week, and we've got a few quick tips on how you can instantly improve your life from Becky Davis, who is founder and coach at Fantastic People here in Southampton. She started by telling Zoe what well-being is. If we think of well-being as a whole, so to me and how I describe that, is that it's about simply feeling good and functioning well. Just day to day, how is your well-being? And, uh, and I always just reiterate that, just to really put some thought to that, feeling good and functioning well. That to me is what well-being is. So do you have any tips about well-being and how we can be weller? <laughs> Weller. Um, Yeah, I have some tips on how we can be weller. So first of all, I I really respect that this is quite personal to the individual. So, you know, I always say just take from it what lands. And I guess my first tip, which is a really obvious one that everybody knows about, hears about, is move your body, eat well, drink some water and get some sleep. Okay. And we all know that we should be doing that. But actually, when our well-being isn't in such a great place, that's the basics that I go back to. Okay. And when I say movement, like exercise of any sort, whether it's a walk, whether it's a hit class, you know, whatever that might be. And then food and drink and sleep, but all in balance. You know, you don't have to go health level on all of that, but just make sure that all of those are balanced in your life. The exercise thing, you're so right. I drag my brain to, to go out for a run, but I always mm. feel better for it. Absolutely. And when I say exercise, it can be movement. Just think of it as movement. So, you know, instead of driving to the shops, walk to the shops. You will always feel better for that. Or, you know, arrange a walk with a friend or do something on. There's so much online you can do now. But just move your body. Maybe do some gardening. Do some housework. Just move your body. I did a Pilates session this morning, my first ever one. And it was only 10 minutes. It made me feel good in that I can be smug all day that I've already done something. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but, but think about that. When you're thinking about your well-being, what's the impact of 10 minutes on your whole day? Yeah. That's one tip. I've got another tip. So this is a bit more sort of coachy. So, yeah, think of the best version of yourself. And when you think of that best version of yourself, think about what was in place, who were you with, what were you doing, what were you saying, what were you thinking and what were you feeling? Okay. And then when you think about that best version of yourself, that starts to tell you what well-being means to you. Do you remember when I said at the start, feeling good, functioning well? Yeah. What's in place when you feel good and when you're, you have that ability to function? Yeah. So you have to think about, you know, that time when you felt at your best and you mm-hmm. put yourself back in that scenario and you question why you were feeling like that. That's exactly it. And anything um, else? So this is like, we all know this. We know this from COVID. We know this from lockdown. But human connection is the most important element for any of us. And in terms of our well-being, we all need at least that just one person. That's all we need. But that one person that you can be yourself with. So the person that you can share a laugh with, share a tear with, but just be yourself. And then that fulfills that innate human need. This is science. This isn't just me making this up. But, you know, that innate human need. Um, for connection and we all have it on, on different levels but just that one person you can be yourself with actually that choked me up a little bit oh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's it that's what we need isn't it yeah and some people might need to see that that person every day for an hour a day 
some people might only need to see that person once a month for 20 minutes, whatever mm. connection means to you. But we all absolutely need at least that one person. That's Becky Davis, founder and coach at Fantastic People in Southampton, talking about Wellbeing Week. And I've got a confession for you. Go on. That bit where you choked up a bit and she yeah. was talking about that one person that you connect with and yeah. it's really good to catch up with them. I choked up too. Did you really? I did. Maybe Is it th- me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't laugh like that. <laughs> oh dear. I might have given a bit too much away. Am I your best friend now, Simon? Is that it? I know. I, look, I can't answer the door at 11pm. I just, I've had enough at that point, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what makes me feel good. This week, the sun was out and I popped down to Oxford Street and it looked phenomenal. I've always enjoyed a night out in Oxford Street, going for dinner, going for drinks and just the sort of atmosphere of the place. And then they pedestrianised the end of it, didn't they, where the London Hotel is. But there's even more atmosphere down there now because all of the... The places have put out their tables and chairs and it's that real sort of cafe culture going on down there and all of the new places as well. There's so many places opening up. There's Ox 47, which is a cocktail bar. There's Tropic, which is a cocktail and tapas bar, which I have heard amazing things about. There's Rita's, which is going to open very soon. And there's Pam Pam as well that do pizzas. There's Marco's that used to be Simon's of Oxford Street. I'm real fangirl in that place at the moment. And I was having a chat to David from the London Hotel. He's just brilliant, isn't he? He's just wonderful. And that place is a real hub for entertainment. You know, they're they're doing their drag shows, but they're making sure that the venue is socially distanced and everybody stays sat down and stuff. And there's just a real positive vibe down there. I thought it was lovely. They used to have a brilliant act in London on Sunday nights called Dolly Partum. (laughs) I don't know whether Dolly's still working, but, but she was very much a legend <laughs> I drove past Oxford Place a couple of weeks ago when my lad went into town with some of his mates and they'd been to high school or arcade oh yes then they went for a cheeky Nando's yeah and uh, on the way back we drove past the end of um, of Oxford Street and I just thought this looks so nice it's so continental yes. this could be Barcelona it could be if the weather stayed well this is it. <laughs> and it and it's just lovely it's a real chilled lovely lovely place to go Bedford Place The Strip the Strip. <laughs> Who could forget? As it's renamed The Strip. So they are going to open it up to traffic again. I still think they should consider my one-way system. So there's only one lane of traffic coming through. But that will reopen by the end of the month. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. On Sunday, I said to my daughter, right, should we go to Hamble? Should we go crabbing? It was a beautiful day. All right, let's go crabbing. So we've got all of the gear. Very much no idea. <laughs> um, so I googled tide times and when should you go crabbing? Because I, I never know. I have no idea. And we turn up there with a bucket and a net and whatever, and nobody else was crabbing. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to embarrass myself. But how do you work out when and how 
to go crabbing. I don't understand it. How do all these people already know that stuff? I've only ever been crabbing once, and okay. that was on Muddyford Key. Okay. And Muddyford Key is almost a 24-7 crabbing haven ah. because there's always water there. Yeah. There's clearly always a plentiful supply of crabs because there's right. always people there doing the crabbing. Yes, I've seen loads of them there. So I would be comfortable going crabbing there because I know, A, there are crabs, and B, it's obviously a, a gold mine for crabbing because people are always doing it. I'd be reluctant to go somewhere I haven't seen it before. No, but I've seen loads of people down at Hamble. Where in Hamble do you go? So you crabbing? know where the little beach is, where the, the the little cafe is. Yeah, yeah. So that's right when you go you go past the river rat and then round the little snaky road past the yep. pubs. And there's King a cup- and Queen, bugle down to the car park. <laughs> Have you got that tattooed in sequence <laughs> on your body somewhere? And then you got the the NCP at the bottom, haven't yes, you? Yes, that's and, it. And that's where you go crabbing. Yes. But there's no kind of wharf for you to crab. Yeah, there is. Just on the end there. You know where the pink ferry goes off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there. So you're on that pontoon, Uh crabbing from there. Uh Okay, gotcha. In that case, that makes perfect sense. When do you do it? Anytime. Do you? Crabs are always hungry. We didn't do any crabbing. I just said to her, right, well, go and paddle in the sea. Go on. (laughs) So you went as far as Googling tide times. (laughs) Then got there yeah. and then was worried about your image. Yes. So you just said, ah, stuff the crabbing. Fine. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll eat the bacon when we get home. I did. I did. I was like, I, did. I just didn't want to embarrass myself because it's our first time. Right. And I thought anybody walking past that knows about crabbing is going to go, well, they ain't going to catch any today, are they? In terms of crabbing embarrassment, yeah. I would say maximum falling in. <laughs> And I think that's all you've got to worry about. People aren't going to judge you on the way you cast your line in the water. They're not. Yeah, but going we to don't go, even know how to do that, though. We've never done it before. They're not going to look at you and go, she's crabbing at two o'clock. Doesn't she know that all crabs have a siesta? <laughs> <laughs> well, my theory was that we would get there and there would be a few people down there crabbing. And so we could just ask them. You know me, I rely on other people to work out what, what to do. But there was nobody else, so, yeah, we just didn't. Maybe next time hit YouTube first, because there'll be a crabbing video. Yes, yes, you're right. You made it as far as the internet in terms of tide times. (laughs) It wouldn't have been much more to look into the rest of it. Well, thanks. Thanks for all the advice. YouTube it. (laughs) YouTube it. That's right. Do you know, my daughter said to me the other day, oh, I need to do... There was something she wanted me to do for her that I have no idea how to do. And the first thing I said to her was, there'll be a YouTube video. Go and have a look. But I want you to do it. I said, yeah, but but I want you to learn how to do it yourself Yeah. so we can do it together. Okay. I'm just not going to be the person. If we both have no knowledge in how to perform something, yeah. you can learn as well. Okay. Don't just expect me to go and learn something on your behalf. Have you done the whole, this is how you put oil in a car, this is how you change a wheel? Oh, and we haven't all got that, that far down. But what she has got is an app which has um, highway code questions on it. And Ooh. that's become my new thing because she's yeah. the one who's learning to drive. So you would think the person who is learning to drive would score far higher than someone like me and you who haven't yeah. looked at the highway code in however many years. Uh-huh. Still kick her ass. <laughs> and, and, and I said to her after the second time I'd got 10 out of 10 and she'd got five, surely you're taking some of this highway code in? And she said, I haven't read it. So you're answering these questions by guessing. Yes. That's not how it works. No. You've got to actually. Right. And if you can spend time watching Zoella videos all evening, you can spend <laughs> some time reading the highway code because watching Zoella is not going to get you the independence and get me some lions because I don't have to drive you anywhere. No. And relax. Uh, uh, um, the, and the other thing that you do need to have some highway code knowledge about or, or for 
is to ride one of the Voy's scooters, you know, the orange scooters around town. I will tell you all about that in a minute. Yes. First, though, let's talk cricket with someone who doesn't know a great deal about it. (laughs) (laughs) By her own admission, Ariana Neo has never played, but she has just joined the board of Hampshire Cricket Club as a non-executive director of Hampshire Cricket, who are on a mission to become more inclusive. Here's how she got involved. My dad used to play for Hampshire um, and I've had an interest in cricket in the sense that, you know, us Indians love cricket. Right. That's true. I also hosted the Fan Zone a couple of years ago in Southampton. Oh, did you? I did. That was fun. And I learned... When it was the World Cup, yes, right? Yes, it was the World Cup and outside West Quay on the Esplanade. Yeah. had massive screens and it was amazing and I had fast track cricket, um, you know, lessons there, you know, okay. <laughs> very quickly. Are you any good? Um, I wouldn't say I'm great. I can, I can <laughs> the ball <laughs> I, I am no good at cricket I've never ever professed to be yeah. but I do like going along to the, the Aegeus Bowl for a a, a day game yes. and having drinks and food and oh. watching the cricket and then I love 2020 yeah. it's sexy cricket isn't it well I mean it is it is I, I, I went to quite a few of the T20s as well like yeah. a couple of years ago um, when I worked for a bank we used to do a lot of the sponsoring there and yeah you do go and you watch the games have a few drinks and it's it's just fun it is good fun um however i wouldn't say i'm the you know the best at the sport (laughs) that's a well-known fact (laughs) so how exciting is it to be on the hampshire cricket board i mean it is very exciting um we've had our first agm and things like that so i've met quite a lot of people virtually and there's quite a lot of people on the board it spans quite a big area there's a lot of cricket teams and cricket coaches and People that are really, really good at cricket. You've got women's cricket as well. And yeah. it's, it's just about getting more people interested in cricket, more children interested in cricket and accessing more women and girls and getting into the urban areas and all those communities more as well. So you say that you want to get women and girls and people from more sort of different communities involved in cricket. How are you going to do that? Yeah, that's true. I think their main the main aim is to, you know, access communities across Southampton and all the other cities as well. But it, it's mainly to access people who are on the grassroots level, you know, get them playing cricket like from a younger age, get that you know regeneration of cricket fans out there and then, you know, boost that sport. And I think yeah. that's the main thing. Also, women and girls, you know. A lot of women and girls in schools and things, they are playing cricket, but it's about making it a bit, you know, a bit more trendier, a bit cooler, a bit, you know, that's how I look at it anyway. And you've got the the Vixens who are the Hampshire cricket or the cricket team and the women. And I think, you know, if we get a few more, highlight those players, you know, make it a bit more exciting for the girls. I think, you know, why not? Why can't cricket be a great sport for the Absolutely. So I think that's the main thing. And that's probably how we're going to do it going forward. You know, do some more events, Um, especially down in like Southampton. You've got a great park down there. It's not really utilised for cricket anymore. We need to get people on there again and get cricket fun again you know yes yes let's take it back so so you're going to be planning some events obviously that will be when everything starts to reopen again yes of um course. and um what, what's your message today then everybody Ooh. get involved in cricket oh definitely everyone get involved and you know if you see any events happening you just want to have a go i think definitely have a go um and you know when there are events going on in schools and things like that and get the kids interested because you know it's not just about football or netball or whatever it is you yeah know, cricket is a great sport and anyone can play at any age 
age. You can play it in the streets. You know, that that's what the grassroots level is about. And I think that's what we need to do. And it doesn't necessarily have to go on for three days. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I won't be there that long. <laughs> Ariana Neo, who is a non-executive director of Hampshire Cricket. She mentioned they need to be doing more about getting people to play cricket, but she needs to go to Riverside Park because there's always a couple of games going on there, there on, are, a, aren't they? on a Friday evening. Yeah. Well, we were saying, you know, after the interview, we were saying about how to get people involved and stuff. And I was like, look, get out there in the summer holidays. You know, parents have six weeks to fill. They're like, what can we do now? You know, that would be amazing. Yeah. If they were offering free, easy lessons or taster mm. lessons, that would be a great thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, cricket is a very good sport to play socially distanced. Because half of them are scattered around the edge of a field. Exactly right. Exactly right. And goodness knows we could do with some better cricket players for the future if our performance against New Zealand last weekend was only going to go away. (laughs) I was looking forward to that. I thought there's a whole weekend of sport here. There's a few football games I want to watch. I can watch the cricket. And in the end, I didn't watch the cricket because I just thought, well, this is a bit of a waste of time. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. I've discovered this week that it is really easy to be popular on Facebook. Oh. Do you know what you need to do? Go on. What you need to do if you want your business page to flourish is just post the news about a new shop opening. Okay. And then everybody will tag their mates. B&M have confirmed that they're going to be next to Lidl in the old home base site at Hedgeend. Yeah. Literally hundreds and hundreds of (laughs) likes and shares. Everyone's going B&M. Everybody's going B and M crazy. Right. Well, there was the one that opened over towards Shirley, wasn't there? Fairly recently. And people, like mates of mine were like, we're going for a day out, we're going to B&M, we're going to go to the new one, yeah, we might take a coffee and a picnic. <laughs> it's like when the next sale used to be such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I would always drive to work sometimes to do an early show when I was at Wave and I'd drive past the next just before Junction 7 Yeah. and there would be a huge queue snaking off around the corner at like half past four in the morning yeah yeah really (laughs) it's the start of a great summer's day queuing outside the next can i tell you who has won facebook this week who's won facebook okay so this was on the totten group and this is who won facebook so jamie cook wrote on there is there anybody i can contact for an injured or exhausted robin and Ronnie wrote Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed for about an hour about that. <laughs> it was wonderful. Local Facebook groups are the gift that people <laughs> yeah, give. Yeah, they are. They? they are. They're hilarious. And thank you, by the way, to everyone who's commented on our posts recently on Facebook. We've really felt the love in this last week and it's been yeah, lovely. Especially we... Liz, who left some really nice comments. Yes, she did. I mean, look, this is so lovely. What a nice review. She said, absolutely love listening to the So So Show. Brilliant podcast. Not only are they packed full of interesting information about businesses in our city, but Zoe and Simon are just so entertaining. They bounce off each other well and it makes them really fun. My daughter and I really enjoy listening whilst having some chill time with a drink in the garden. Well done, you girls. Well, thank you, Liz. It's really nice to know that you like what we do. So before we finish, we've got to talk scooters. Just on the off chance, I managed to catch on Twitter that Voy, who have put all of these orange scooters around the city, they were doing a training session down at... Southampton University, and they were giving away free helmets. 
I was like, what? <laughs> Count me in. I'm booking my place. Off we go. So I got down there and it was just outside the student union and they had like a little track already set up. So they give you your helmet and then you have to go through all of these questions, which is why I was saying about the highway code, because it's pretty much the same. What they say is... It's like riding a bike on the road. It's exactly the same principle as riding a bike, these so scooters. So basically like the same as the cycling proficiency test. Uh-huh. But they teach you how to get off and go off smoothly. And I was pretty good about that. I was pretty good on that. I did run over a couple of the cones, but <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to go too fast. Just showing off at that point. <laughs> but it was really good. And then I had a chat with the Voy people. And they were, you know, look, they're just loving the fact that we're loving them. And I know there's plenty of people that don't like them. But the reason that they don't like them is because they are not being driven or ridden in the correct way. So they did this training course to teach people how to ride these scooters in the correct manner. And they will be doing more of these days where you can go and you can try it out and then you know exactly how to ride them. I do feel really sorry for them because they are trying to do a good thing by introducing the scooters. But there are so many people who aren't being responsible. Uh I saw a guy in Hedge End just this morning who was on a scooter head to toe in high vis that seemed to think that that was a perfect excuse to still ride like an absolute toss pot because he was on and off the pavement, right. weaving in and out. There was a bloke who was changing the rubbish bin outside Brown's hair salon as this flash of neon went past him who just looked up as if to say, what? What really? was that? <laughs> Being outshadowed in terms of the high vis he was right, wearing. Right. But yeah, when you see that, you can see why so many people get bent out of shape over people who aren't riding them responsibly. Exactly, exactly. So um, keep your eye on Twitter for Voy. Hopefully, as the restrictions ease, they can have more people doing this as well. Do you know what the really cute thing about those scooters are? What? If you find one that's been left on the ground, yeah. they normally have help written on the bottom. Oh. So you'll feel sorry for like it. Like a little it. lost duckling. So you'll feel sorry for it and take it to a docking station. Oh, that's cute. Now, last weekend, the sun was out. It was very, very hot. And I mean, there was no better day to run 100 miles, was there? Have you heard about this event called Centurion? Is this the thing that you and Thomas did? It is. You and Thomas was doing it. My friend Pete was doing it as well. And it was so hot. I mean, it was hard to walk to the shop. You know, but to to think about running a hundred miles in that condition was just unreal. And we all know that you and Thomas is pretty fit, but it's a completely different way of running. When you're thinking of doing a hundred miles, your body, nobody's body is set to to run a hundred miles. My friend Pete, I mean, he did amazingly well. He did seventy six miles, wow. and then said, "Okay, that's enough." But you and Thomas completed it um, for the Strep B charity and for awareness of Strep B. He did amazingly well. I mean, he went off course a couple of times, did a few extra miles. Um, he was getting to checkpoints and there was like a minute to go before the cutoff point. But he actually finished it. And I spoke to him in the week and he was just broken. I mean, the poor guy. It looked like he'd sort of stress fractured his ankles, the the whole of the bottom of his foot. 
and I hope you're not eating anything at the moment, was just a blood blister. Oh, I was man. Say, don't oh. Google you and Thomas's feet because the pictures you'll see are not pretty. No, you don't want to see that eating your breakfast, do you? Blah. But anyway, well done to him. Park Run, talking about running, um, they've now put the date back for that coming back uh, to July the 26th. But a couple of things going on coming up to summer holidays. Everybody's starting to think about what we're going to do with the kids for six weeks. Um, the 100 cricket. So this is 100 balls. This is going to be at the Aegeus Bowl. It's women and men playing. And those games take place in July. I think there's four in July. Eastleigh, they are running this thing called Park Sport. Forget the kids. I want to get involved in this. This is all through the summer holidays. So they've got Nerf wars going on. They've got skate jams and free swimming. Whoa, that's all right, isn't it? All those parents looking for something to do that's not going to cost a fortune to keep their kids occupied for six weeks. Well, listen, thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate all the comments that we've had in the last week and before that on our social media. You'll find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram as well. If there's something happening... And on YouTube now. Oh, of course, yeah. And now on YouTube. What? If you see something happening in the area that you think uh, we'd like to know about or something that we'd like to talk about or someone we'd like to talk to, we're always open for suggestions please do get in touch have a great week zoe and you simon and you you've been listening to zoe hansen and simon clark on southampton's podcast the so so show 